0: So, welcome to Breaking the Glass Slipper, live at Nine World's Geek Fest. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're your hosts, uh, Megan Lee, Charlotte Bond, and Lucy Houndsom. So, in literary criticism, you often hear critiques of characters based on whether or not the character was realistic. But what does a realistic character look like when it comes to speculative fiction? And why is it so important that a character feels realistic in worlds that are so wholly fantastic? Today, we are very lucky to be joined by RJ Barker and Anna Smith-Spark to help us get to the bottom of what it means to create realistic characters. So, why don't you guys introduce yourselves?
1: Oh, Hello, um, oh, noisy rings, sorry. Um, I'm RJ Barker, my debut novel, Age of Assassins, um, was published yesterday actually, though you've been able to get it for a bit. Yay! You can do that again louder if you want. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Um, uh, and And I've been invited here. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you very much. Mm.
2: Anna. Hi, I'm Anna Smith-Spark. My novel, The Court of Broken Knives, was published at the end of June in the UK and is being published on the 15th of August in the US. And yeah, it's lovely to be here.
0: All right, so um, we're going to just sort of kick off straight into discussion. Um, so why is it important to have realistic characters anyone jump in <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> for me wh- when when I read a book um, my, my great love I- is first-person writing um, because it I- it puts you in in the head of a character and I think you, you need to be able to feel that you're with somebody to some degree um, that might not be as true for Anna. Maybe you need to feel you can get away from some of yours. Well, but all, <laughs> all writing <laughs> is about
2: human emotion. All stories are stories of how people would respond in situations. All stories are about love and friendship and betrayal and one's relationship with one's parents and one's relationship with one's peers. And whether that's highest of the high fantasy, when one, one is the destined one fighting dragons and overthrowing the Dark Lord, whether that is highest of the high space opera, whether that is Chicklet, whether that is Shakespeare, whether whatever that is, it is in the heart. What you are reading about is human emotion and human life. So if a character is not <laughs> realistic, mm-hmm. then the whole kind of world crumbles, because if a, character's m- if a character just seems entirely implausible, then what possible emotional investment have you in reading the book? It just becomes essentially just a kind of dumb show computer game.
1: It's that, I, I know this moment when you're reading someone, you think, oh, I, I know this, I know what they're feeling, I, I, and I've done that. However mad or, or way out this world may seem, if you can identify with that emotion of that person, then then... You, you suddenly want to mm. hang on to them?
2: Because if, I mean, you know, the sort of, ca- the classic story, you've li- if I've lived a thousand lives because I've read a thousand books. But if there is nothing to hang on there in terms of, OK, so I have never experienced what it is to stand on the battlements of a besieged citadel. I've never experienced what it is to lead a cavalry charge. But if the character is well invested and well written then one is you can you are there, you really are transported to that. If the character is not well written, then that reality just falls that just falls away and it just becomes kind of nothing. It's the, the realist the, the character being in some way you can begin to understand not understand not necessarily understand their motives or not necessarily sympathise with them. But if you can feel some kind of sense of this character as a plausible human being than any situation they are in. And whether that's, whether they are a human, whether they are a dragon, whether they are whatever, that that is, whether they are sent spaceship, whatever, that is the point where you can place yourself in some degree in their shoes. Whether you want to be in their shoes or not is, particularly for somebody who writes Grimdark, kind of mm. interesting question, yeah. but <laughs> it's that point in which you can kind of feel, yeah, I. I can sense what it must be like to be in this situation, and that surely that, in the end, is why we read books, after all. It's that sense of immersing yourself in this and experiencing things.
1: I think there's a sense of logic as well. I think you need that. Your, your character has to has to work in a way for that character. Once, once, the, once you've set it up in the book, if you just go off and have them doing things that are not right for that character, mm. it just all falls apart. Yeah,
2: I mean, there's that yeah. moment when you're reading something that main is... Something that's not terribly well plotted or something that's not terribly mm-hmm. written and you know, it's clearly why is this character doing this? Oh, they're doing this because they have to do it because otherwise yeah, it's because not because otherwise plot. the plot yes, mm-hmm. because plot <laughs> in such an obvious way. It just that it just everything just collapses at that point. That kind of again, you you might if they make a, if they make a decision you may feel that was such a bad decision or I would never have made that decision. But that's different from I have no idea why they just made that decision, because everything I've just read, invested in reading this character, really suggests they would not make that decision. And that's the point where, kind of where the fourth wall falls apart, where you're just kind of like, okay, this is just, this is just stupid. Mm-hmm. And that, again, yeah, so from a really basic point of view, even just from a pure plot point of view, if, the chara- if it's not plausible the character's making these choices, then the whole thing just becomes absurd.
3: Well, I think unless you're reading Mervyn Peake, where you're definitely reading it as much for the setting as you are for anything else, it's the characters that really hook you. Well, the
2: char- the, the set... Gormenghast is a character in the novel. Mm-hmm. Gormenghast yeah. is the central character in the novel. It's so the Gormenghast yeah. kind of... Again, I mean, Gormenghast has to be plausible as a place which is invested with such profound psychological meaning that, it in fact, you know, it massively overshadows the whole novel as the kind of... the other character.
3: That's true, but I mean, sort of, when you... If you're picking up an average book that isn't gone, <laughs> 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 it's going to be the characters rather than than whatever. I mean, Tolkien is great, but I always, you know, sort of sp- uh, speed read the bits where. Um,
2: sorry, I'm looking at the wrong person for Tolkien,
3: aren't I? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, you
0: definitely are. Speed <laughs> read the bits about all the, the
3: um, setting and just, you know, really got focused on the See, characters. because I love the
2: landscape description in Tolkien, oh. I love, and I do. I write a lot of landscape description in my own stuff. I think I've got a 500-word passage that's just about the fact it's raining at one point, but. Um, again it's that you can tell resp- your english for that <laughs> 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 the response of the character to the landscape or the fact that the character is located within that landscape i mean the Tol- tolkien's characters would make no sense at all if you translated them into a suddenly into modern urban fantasy it's that location the characters are convincingly located within a convincing landscape and there you can conf- their response to the landscape so when you're reading about the shire you're not just reading a straight description of the shire you're reading about the hobbit's deep emotional investment in home and in the Shire and in safety mm-hmm. and in comfort and in everything that is not Sauron, that is not Mordor. When you're reading about the Elves, when you're reading about when you're reading about Gondor, I mean you are reading about that is the physical embodiment in Minas Tirith of all of these human hopes and kind of and that so the landscape wouldn't the landscape doesn't make any sense unless the characters are absolutely rooted in it. And to me, the characters don't make any sense unless they're rooted in the landscape. So I don't think it's as Clear cut, as it's all kind of bound up together. The reason the reason you love the landscape descriptions is because the characters within the world and the characters' responses to the world is so vivid.
1: I think I'd like Tolkien's characters a lot more if they sang a lot less. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love their singing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm with you this there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh.
2: See, my dad <laughs> sang me their songs in the original. My dad oh, sang. My dad chanted land. the songs yeah. to me. In the original, <laughs> and it was just oh, it was wonderful. <laughs>
0: I mean, so we, we've talked a little bit, you know, about like what makes a, a realistic character. So we've got things like, you know, making plausible decisions. So once you've established a character to be a certain way, that they basically continue to act as that character would con- would act, and then realistic within the bounds of their context, their setting. I mean, what else is it about it that makes a character feel realistic? Uh,
1: re- realistic characters are really weird thing to say because you can't people are just too complicated mm. you couldn't create a real person they're just far far too complicated um, i always think of it as creating a skeleton with, with a few things that a, a reader can hang themselves off so you can kind of with with girton he, he's he's stuck in a position where he's two people he's a very competent assassin and he's thrown in to Kind of social. Milieu- Gurton is the lead character in *Age of Assassins*, by the way, which is newly available. Just Do the yeah, order number? Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, he's put into a social situation which he's never come across. And I think we all know that that feeling of being taken out of our little pond and put into another one. And that that's kind of the hook for his character in the book. And and I think I think that's that's what you who as a writer you're creating. You're creating space for the reader to insert yeah. themselves. Yeah, that sounds rude, doesn't
3: not it? <laughs> 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 not, to the rest of us, aren't just <laughs> just <laughs> you? Okay.
2: I not explaining everything. I mean, I'm, I'm tempted to be really catty and say the key to a realistic character is that they're well written, hmm. and kind of basically, if you're if you're if you're a good writer, you may, most of your characters will be realistic. If you're a bad writer, your characters may not be very realistic but um, yes but perhaps a little bit more (laughs) like technical like what
0: (laughs) what would be missing in in one that's there is the kind of
2: depth of complexity to a character that things are not explained you know i mean we've sort of said well they have to behave in ways that work within the confines of their character and their world so they're not suddenly just making a decision which is clearly only there because suddenly they've got to make this decision because the plot doesn't work otherwise but at the same time that we have all done so many things that we cannot account for we've all done so many things where we've somehow really meant to do something and yet somehow what we did was the opposite we have all been in i don't know, most of us have been in relationships or we have somehow managed to hurt the person we love because not because we meant to but because somehow you just it just happened it you know we've all been in that horrible kind of i have no idea why i did what i did but and it's that kind of not in a good way and in a bad way well, so that moments when you kind of like God damn I'm just on fire I have no idea where this is coming from I have no idea who I am but I love this person I wish she could be me all the time and it's that that not necessarily the character being true to itself all the time but that kind of that depth of there's the gap between the way they see themselves and the way perhaps you see the way that the narrator sees mm-hmm. them or the other characters see them or the complexity of they're not just doing what we expect them to do and they may not understand or may have a different story about why they're doing what they do do that and it's that kind of richness to it
0: yeah so like you know when you have a protagonist you don't want that kind of perfect person who never mm. does anything wrong and is just all good all the or time who all yeah Who always
2: just does bad things so yeah so yeah, yeah you
0: need more to a villain than just yes. to,
2: just he's evil and yes. i'm going to
0: twirl my mustache now and you know be yes. just do the evil thing because yes. that's what i do yes and
2: everything is evil <laughs> and yes kind of like yes i kind of I do not like. I have my woman, and I do not love her. I treat her badly, and I, I eat revolting food, and I treat my I torture my pets, and that kind of oh, gee, <laughs> good <laughs> for I you. I think there's a lot of characters sort
1: of you kind of un- under like because it's first person, which which I, I love, and, and you can lie about people, and you can kind of create a. I love that thing in books where you have your character's opinion of somebody, but the reader can tell that that's not right. Mm-hmm. And you can show that through action, or, or look, or dialogue. Where y- where you have mm. what somebody says and how they react, and how your character reacts to that is not possibly the way the reader is reacting to it. And I like, s- I'm not a particularly technical person. I just wing <laughs> everything. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: no, I love that yeah. that kind of that sort yeah. of moment when the characters kind of saying, you know, the kind of I don't know the characters kind of feeling like this person is lying yeah. to me, and you're kind of thinking, you no, know, they're not, yeah, they're no not. You're wrong. Why you're wrong? Yeah, that kind yeah. of moments where what they see and how. Y- what they're seeing and what you're seeing is slightly different, and that sort of lovely, that that kind of depth to it. And actually, the um, you know the bits it really annoys me when you get the reviews where people kind of talk about well, there's all this sort of stuff that you know not there were bits when things didn't happen, they kind of stopped, and people kind of p- understand the point of the scene where they just stopped and sat down and had something to eat and had a chat. And but that's you know that's the bit I love best, the bits where you have the kind of incidental. It's not all about kind of bang, 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 bang. It's about those little human moments. of yes the kind of okay this isn't necessary for the plot but you're really getting a sense of someone talking about something that matters to them or enjoying a moment to enjoy some food or to look at the view or to talk about their clothes or something that kind of moment of humanity
1: if if there isn't humour there then humour is such a human thing it's it's us it's part of us and and your characters need to, to have that if your people don't at least amuse at some point, or are amused by something. Then, then they'd be very flat people, very angry. Humans <laughs> 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 always <laughs> very <laughs>
3: subjective. So, what, in the same way, what would make one character realistic to mm. say me is clearly going to make it very different yes. than realistic yeah. to Anna. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, sorry, you watch your Anna. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, American
2: asked me the other day, is it pronounced Anna or Anna? <laughs> yeah, I, <don't> <laughs> I, have to,
3: I have to say it right in my house um, but it is humour and characters yeah. in general are very subjective yeah. and what yeah. one person sees is very realistic and go wow I can totally relate to that character yeah. and another person goes well, I'd never have done that, that's just, yeah. that's just pointless and I think that's where RJ's point comes in that yeah. you have to have a skeleton and have a few attributes rather than trying to create a complex real person they've almost got to be a little bit stereotypical, a little bit exaggerated yeah. so that you know, if s- someone reads it and goes, oh, I don't really like this kind of rogue character, they know that that's what they're getting. Whereas if someone really does like that kind of character, like, oh, I recognise this and I sympathise with them, you've often, often got that, that kind of area with it.
0: For Rem- me, I think that... Sorry. Um, realistic characters work better when you have a cast of characters that complement each other. Mm. Because, um, you know, you do, as Charlotte says, you know, playing into tropes and stereotypes can be useful at times but at the end of the day if they're all playing into tropes then they're going to not they're not very, yeah. very interesting. So you need to sort of show a, a varied nature throughout the book unless you're writing an entire novel with just one character, which I would be impressed to see. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, that that kind of helps for that realism as well because you're populating the world as well as a singular character with different attributes and different people. You know, you might not see yourself maybe in a protagonist and not really get that protagonist as such, but maybe you really get his sidekick or, you, you know... That sort of thing.
2: It's often the kind of the psychic characters are in some ways more interesting. Or I mean, mm. it's, it's like the kind of character actors thing. It's that kind of moment where the characters that you're kind of investing in the protagonist in a kind of well, this is the way this you know this is me exploring the story and understanding the story. But then sometimes the kind of sidekicks and the minor characters are they you they're often the ones that people love. You know, you see people cosplaying them or loving them that kind of because you're investing them with like, wow, oh that person is just me, or that person is like. I just totally see an old friend of mine when I see that person because you're kind of feeling yeah. them in a way that because they're just because they are more kind of archetypal. You're not in that deep emotional. You're not seeing the world through their eyes, but you're just kind of loving them as.
1: Because oh, I'm quite slapdash, really, in the way I write. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always think that, that um, if if I can hear a character's voice in my head and and I can imagine speaking to them there'll there'll be some degree of life in what mm. i put on the page because because it's really just ri- i always feel when i'm writing that i'm cheating because i'm really just i'm I'm channeling the the voice of this first person character and that and then the other ones they come along and, and i think yeah i can imagine speaking to you and i kind of think probably you you work but as i said it won't work for everybody you know oh there's noisy doors behind you. yeah and, and i think you have to you have to bring yourself to it. That's the point I'm going for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> bring yourself to the character. You need to be able to put yourself in into each one. And and I think that's what people connect to the little little bits of humanity in them rather than just something really
2: flat. Am and I also uh, uh, characters <laughs> need to p- you need to put characters in different emotional situations. So I mean again with kind of kind of depressing kind of not very well written grimdark is just grim just grim and then more grim and then more grim and then more grim and then it ends and it's just grim and that kind of well gee kind of (laughs) what you need is different you need happiness you need pleasure and things you need some kind of other you need to see characters in different emotional states and in different in a positive as place as well as in a negative place because you it need just a otherwise full range of you do, human emotions yes you, <laughs> need to, yes you need a full range of human emotions because otherwise again they're not they're just misery robots they're just kind of you know they're kind of yeah I have kind of seen you being miserable now and I've seen mm. you being miserable a lot and kind of is that Misery really Robots kind of is such a good phrase <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that I'm gonna <laughs> claim that I made up it made it it's <laughs> <laughs> mine you know, just forget Anna said it Misery Robots everybody it's the new thing <laughs>
0: Do you think that, uh, is, is it easier, harder to write a realistic character from first person versus third person? I mean, do you, you know, because RJ, you were saying you, mm. r- you really get in their head and you kind of, you speak as them. Do you but find that easier to get a character feeling more real and, and realised?
1: Before, uh, before me and Anna were talking about this, before you turned the mics on, Oh. which is a s- strange coincidence. <laughs> she was saying that you wrote from the third I write first. Well, I write mostly well, in the third yeah. person. But
2: you're in the head, Most so. of it is in third person, but very much in people's mm-hmm. heads. One character spe- is in the third person, mostly actually is a, not as a point, she has some point of view, but a lot of the time she's being spoken ab- of, ha- she's not, you're not having her point of view, but she's been spoken about by others in the third, but then occasionally she has first person, chap- first person present chapters which is just purely her unmediated thought. She's not narrating what's happened. She's basically just giving you her thoughts on that, commenting on what's going on. So it's, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. it's complicated. So I have both, yeah. yeah.
1: But, uh, but you are in the head. I'm tot- yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally in the head.
2: So so some of the chapters, my favorite chapters to write, actually I, I can't, I hate reading aloud because the, chari- the character's voice is so strongly in my mind. I hear him, I basically just hear him dictating what I'm writing. And then of course he does not sound like me <laughs> <laughs> we're you a voice you changer R. mark <laughs> rj can recite it over your shoulder at yeah. point. it doesn't sound like rj
3: either yeah
1: I'm, I'm not that manly sounding <laughs> if, we're, if we're honest um, but yeah as, as to your question i, I i'm absolute I, I write in kind of a fugue yeah. state when i'm when i'm writing i'm kind of i'm just gone i'm off and then I sort of look up. Um, my child has not been fed and, and he's <laughs> <laughs> running around mm. for scraps on the floor and, and it's all terrible. <laughs> the, the child protection are at the door. <laughs> it's a really good novel. <laughs> it really, it, sorry, it, <laughs> can I keep him just a bit longer? But, but yeah, i ri- I, I mm. very straight into it.
2: Yeah, no, I kind of yeah. inhabit the characters. So I'll kind of often sort of feel do I feel like writing this character chapters or do I feel like writing one of the other characters because it very much depends kind of where my mind is about but no I mean I write first and third person so I've written some short stories some in third person some in first person and it I don't find it makes any difference it's a kind of it's almost just what what suits it's a stylistic choice it doesn't determine how well I feel I'm inhabiting that character or how easy or difficult it is to find some characters speak more naturally in first person Some people speak some characters speak more naturally in third person and then sometimes the kind of distancing of having the omnipotent narrator which actually allows you to understand things about the character that they don't understand about themselves and kind of allows you to show things to the reader hint at things to the reader that maybe that the character doesn't understand about themselves in the way that most of us have a great deal of things Mm -hmm. that we don't understand about ourselves but that probably that others, other people who know us do know do understand. I mean there's that most of us you know, that, that thing about how amazing it would be to be able to see yourself through someone's eyes for a little while. E- just to s- you know, even virtually just, just to be a random person in a supermarket and see see yourself as you would appear to someone a complete stranger. Oh god, I can't. That thing where worse. you see yeah, <laughs> no, I can't either. <laughs> no. But that thing what people see about you <laughs> that you have just have no idea about. And
1: I think they just follow me around going, look at that magnificent (laughs) hair.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Look at it, it's wonderful. It is good hair. It is good hair, it is.
0: (laughs) It really is excellent. (laughs) What about you,
3: Lucy? What about you writing first person and third person? Because your um,
4: books are in third, aren't they? They're all in third. But I agree with what Anna was saying earlier about jumping from uh, POV to POV depending on whose perspective you really want to write that day. Uh, Because I have five... POVs in my second and third book and a couple of them are male and the rest of them are female and it just depends really they're very different characters i think they complement i'd like to think they complement each other mm-hmm. nicely but sometimes i just said well I, i'm not entirely sure where i'm going with this particular scene i need to I still need to work it out in my head but i do know where what i want to do with this other scene and so you know this is another question isn't it whether you write chronologically or not but getting back to character is just it really is yeah. who, whoever's head i feel most comfortable yeah. in on that particular day
1: yeah. i think i think a good watch word I- is no w- oh well good watch five words <laughs> um, <laughs> is d- do i know this person uh, and and I- if you can say if they're a completely made-up character but y- you'd know them from somewhere like like gerton is he's, he's, he's youngish and he's very much on the outside of the world looking in he's Kind of, He's kind of at, at school, really, and, and wishing he could get in with the cool kids. And I don't know him. Um, <laughs> and I've never met him and wasn't that person at school <laughs> at all. Um, and then his his master is... Oh God, they're all facets of me. I'm such an well, egomania. Well, I mean, all, um, all
2: <laughs> writing is yeah. facets of yourself. I know yeah. I actually yeah. found all reading. I, was, I did a really interesting piece. I wrote a piece about um, immersive realities and how, actually, mm-hmm. I find reading much more immersive as a reality than film even though it's only one sense Mm. it's because all reading and all writing is facets of yourself all the characters you write are facets of yourself and in fact when you read a book you are investing all of those characters with facets of yourself you are seeing them as they they are parts of yourself if you're if you're enjoying a book you're enjoying it surely because it is working with you it is and therefore, it is appealing to your psyche. And therefore, it is you are investing it with emotional meaning. So yes. it is fragments of you. It is all the characters are fragments of you. And you are seeing them. Which is why people get <laughs> so incredibly upset, I think, about kind of, you know, if I was to say to someone who was cosplaying someone here, oh, I really don't like that character, you know, that because mm. what I'm saying is, I don't like you. Because mm. it's that kind of you are, emotion- you are really emotionally investing in those characters and the in characters. And they, in the end, all characters are part of whoever's reading them or writing them
0: but picking up on something you said earlier about sort of how we often like the sidekicks i mean one of the things for me is protagonists to a lot of these things when they feel unrealistic and they sort of fail in that aspect and they're a bit boring is when they end up feeling like an author's wish fulfillment mm. like you know the protagonist is just all wonderful yeah. and it's so boring yeah. um and that's kind of, you know, the, the other yeah. side of that coin of, of putting yourself in that book. But y- this is what you wish you could be. But let's face it, yeah. real people aren't like yeah. that.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, actually, I had this bizarre. Um, so I read the whole of the, um, the Name of the Wind thinking it was a grimdark book because I picked it up because it was ne- it was between Lowtown and Prince of Thorns on a table, book table, and my local water and they all have similar covers of a hooded bloke, and it has that lovely lines at the back about I have walked places that no one dares walk. So I thought, okay, this is Grimdock, and it's called the King Crilla Chronicles. So clearly it's Grimdock. So I read it thinking Croth is some kind of anti-hero and he's really bad and he's gonna sing at some point in this book he's going to turn and become really unpleasant. And I really enjoyed it. And then I discovered later on, oh no, he's just nice. He's just like <laughs> he's just rather <laughs> channeling his Mary Sue. Kind of and so, oh Okay, I don't think that was. I don't think I've got to bother following it up now because you know and that suddenly the realisation of yeah he's not he has just wished for... this kind of niceness in him isn't going to turn at some point. It's not this kind of interesting study of this person who is mm. actually a really nice sympathetic character, but he's somehow evil. He's just oh he's just a really nice, really really just like super super amazing everybody's dream character they I do make
4: him sound cooler than yes. he actually yeah. is on the back of the book because i bought that book because of the blurb on the back because i thought
2: is going to turn into some kind of super evil w- he's like the most evil wizard and at some point he's going to this if you're really thinking this is Voldemort all the courage college years it is a totally okay. different <laughs> experience <laughs> <believe me. laughs> can we
4: can someone write that yeah. <laughs> actually call it
2: that <laughs>
1: I, I think it's um with characters flaws are more interesting mm. than positive things it's why wolverine is much cooler than superman it is because wolverine is hugely flawed and superman is jesus and <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's just not as exciting uh, unless unless you're very religious in which case it is sorry equally it's the
0: kind of
2: you know the really kind of the characters who were all just flaws I mean Batman you reach the point where you just mm. want to be like look just cheer up for Christ's sake it has got to be something decent in your life just order a pizza or yeah. something for God's sake
3: <laughs> I remember reading a book there was um, one character who they clearly gone to an, an effort to make them flawed mm. and have particular flaws this character was a, a thief female protagonist um and um she ended up going on a journey and she she did three different jobs um, and I won't say which, what they were in case you can identify the book because that's just me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but she excelled at each of them to the point where, um, in one case, she was offered marriage. And I was like, well, this would surely be better if, I know she's a thief and you know, this is her flaw, but she's excelling at all these things and you haven't really <laughs> given yeah. thought to how much more interesting it would be if actually she failed catas- yeah. you know, catastrophically at one of them or you know, just had to work a little bit hard rather than three months down the line was you know, running the place.
2: Or um, decided she actually wanted to do one of these jobs and that I'm going to abandon yeah. being a thief and doing this other thing that I've clearly discovered I'm really good at. Right? Yeah,
3: well, I think <laughs> that was kind of moving it along. But I was, yeah, I was just kind of, it almost feels like a missed opportunity that yeah. you, you know, you've clearly put a lot of thought into this yeah. character and, and done quite well, but then you've just put them in situations that just, unfortunately, don't yeah. bring her flaws as well. Yeah,
0: and this also ties into one of Charlotte's pet peeves of uh, The Chosen Ones, where... <laughs> Where, you know, characters yeah. just magically have all these abilities. You know, yeah. they put you put the magic sword in their arms and then they can fight better than a swordsman who's been training their entire life for, oh, <laughs> oh. for fighting, you know. See, I quite like that. Because <laughs> I, I is this a stay away <laughs> from oh. your yeah. book? Or? No, 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 not my <laughs> book.
1: There, there is a book I read that... that oh, there yeah. There's a book with a, d- a disabled character who... It's, it's a bit of a trope, I suppose. A disabled character who, through magic, becomes undisabled and massively powerful... And and I just uh, oh it makes me so cross. That's not Thomas <laughs> Covenant, is it? Oh, Thomas Covenant is a bit like that, but he yeah. he's also just deeply hold. unpleasant. Mm. Yeah.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
2: I like, like some aspects of aspect that because I really, I think it's you know, I kind of I sort of tell people I'm writing her- I write heroic fantasy in mm. the very in the original sense of the word hero, which is not the goody, but mm. is the you know someone who is just somehow better than others, who has some kind of so you know why is these why is Theseus somehow able to do to be kind of better than everyone around him? Well, because he's God-touched, because he's not, he can just do it. Like, why the kind of, you know, basic kind of Wesleyan Dread Pirate in um, Princess Bride, why can you do this stuff? Because he just, he's just different. And I quite like the not having the mechanistic explanation; just the kind of Different these characters roles of the are just di- yeah, brighter. yes. The but that's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. nothing wrong can, anywhere yeah. with it. It can do wrong. no wrong. You know, Wesley yeah. is yeah. the hero in the tradi- yeah. in the in the original sense, in that he's just. But even then, like he, he can, can, can
0: explain it. things. Like he spent years building up a tolerance to yeah. the poison, and, and you know, like he has worked at some of those things. He didn't it just it magically become. I yeah, do just magically it And if you think
1: about the Dread Pirate Roberts, Wesley has done some really dark things. Dr- he's not a nice man I and mean, he's just think, yeah wesley what about all the
4: rape and pillaging yeah must yeah. have done as a pirate yeah a
1: murder to keep his his, his face oh no <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got a, I, might, I might go back on my princess bride can do no wrong that's no no, no
0: okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so not only we've we got voldemort the college years we've now got the dread pirate yeah. wesley um
0: yeah. the, the root the like uh, the grimdark ra- years yeah the grim yeah. Dark years yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> pillaging I mean, so when it comes to, obviously, you know, we we all love our speculative fiction. We write in fantasy, sci-fi, horror, all these kinds of genres. So when, you know, say if you've got a character going up against a dragon, how do you try and bring that back down to earth and keep these really crazy scenarios feeling real enough and relatable to a reader?
1: You've got dragons. I've I've got got
2: dragons. dragons. (laughs) Because it's mostly about... Is all just about the emotional experience? I mean, no one has, none of us have fought a dragon, but we've all been in that kind of impossible situation of just feeling kind of, of it just feeling like there is no, no solution to this. There's no way out to this. This is just insurmountable. It's that, or that feeling of absolute fear, or that feeling of absolute anger, or what it, you know, it's just about writing about the emotional responses to things in a realistic way, because in the end, everything is. It just comes down to human emotion. Whatever, whatever is happening is kind of is human emotion. So, (laughs) I mean, I want to say something which sounds really stupid. Like, you know, how you respond, uh, being in a situation where you were there fighting a dragon is no more or less unrealistic in some ways than I don't know doing a podcast if you're really nervous about speaking in public. You know, it's just kind of it's all just emotional, emotional experiences that you and responses that you have to get through. And it's that Mm -hmm. kind of putting it in that kind of human position of kinda I mean I guess if the character kind of says like, Oh, I'm gonna kill a dragon, oh that's fine, I killed a dragon is you know that but it's that writing about the kind of emotional responses you might feel and how whatever you do, whatever you whatever the character would realistically be feeling in that situation, how they'd feel it, and putting Uh, it in words. You have to
1: try and I try and imagine everything from my point of view. So I've never done dragons because a, a chapter of somebody hiding and crying would be really boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think also y- it, it's cultural. Like I- if you if you go back to the eighteenth and nineteenth century and people were hunting whales, mm. that's ridiculously dangerous. Yeah. They're they're di- yeah. hugely dangerous, and that's kind of the nearest yeah. you've got to fighting a dragon. And, and if you that actually happened, so if you can take That experience and turn it to a a dragon and find some way around the fire, which is difficult. Um, You can make that work, which I'm sure Anna has done. I'm not ready because her book scares me.
0: (laughs) 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 I mean, um, what if then, if you're writing the character who is the dragon? Hmm. (laughs) So so just writing a person, just again, you're just just writing. Yeah, because
2: I mean, all. I, what I mean, kind of, because otherwise you're to say, well, you know, if you're writing a male character f- as a woman, obviously I couldn't be doing that. You're, what you were writing is you are trying to write something that is emotionally realistic, that is somehow, has some kind of emotional engagement. As long as it have that and has that emotional engagement, with whatever it is, will have some kind of plausibility. Whatever whatever it is, is that? I mean, you c- It's thinking about indif- thinking. About things like the way you you might feel differently embodied if you're a dragon, and I mean there's Adrian Tchaikovsky sits in there I'm of course about spiders, spiders yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. kind of insect races and mm. that kind of writing, thinking about how you might be differently bo- embodied, or
0: well, you might feel you like yes you, you don't <coughs> view a little puny human yes. as a, a threat or. But yeah, that but sort of
2: that's thing. that just kind of thinking about how. You no, know, is it in the end what it is it is all just about the kind of emotional and mental response, which, whatever, whatever it is you're thinking about. I mean, the interesting thing <coughs> is thinking about people who maybe think thinking in ling- distant linguistic ways. Mm. So, because um, language actually, different languages, like things like the way things might be languages, whether or not they have genders, and the way they assign genders to things, whether or not a language has certain words for things. Language you controls. Know, yes, language controls ways. the way you think. Yeah. So thinking about kind of the way that you might, characters from totally Different linguistic backgrounds might think about things in different ways. is really interesting.
1: I I know you're big on your your mythology, but um, the the "wine dark sea" is from Homer. Um, There is a theory that they they say the "wine dark sea" because there was no word for blue at that point, and blue essentially didn't exist. And there are cultures that don't have a word for blue. And and if you show them a color chart, they it's they a just a don't different understand different it. It's a different yeah, colour. They yeah. see it or not there. Just yeah.
0: like there was so a, I think somewhere in Africa, they did a, um, a remake of Purple Rain, the Prince yeah. movie, but they don't have a word for purple, so <laughs> it's like the red blue rain or something. I <laughs> see <No>. that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I, I find that really interesting, yeah. the idea of how, how, I like the idea of the, the alien. As, I mean, I've not yeah. really had the opportunity to do it in, in this book because it's very small and very human. Not small. <laughs> huge. My agent's out there. Sorry, Ed. It's huge, huge, yeah, massive book. Um, <laughs> it's Where very. It yeah. <laughs> you barely lift off <laughs> the shelf. It's very focused on on humans and the human experience and on on a relationship between a boy and his his master, um, and that's kind of a parent-child and child relationship. Um, and I've completely forgotten what I was talking about. That happens a lot to me. <laughs> Yeah, dragons, they're lovely. Oh, God, I like dragons, yeah. But the interesting <laughs>
2: thing is writing characters whose mindsets are different from your own, which is actually the most interesting. And actually, often them, the m- it's more realistic in some ways. Particularly if you're writing fantasy, you probably are writing in a socioeconomic
1: hmm.
2: culture, which is quite different from your own. So, you know, attitudes to... Gender might be quite different. Attitudes to slavery might be quite different. Attitudes to the class system probably different. We're almost all of us. Very few people write about social de- liberal so, social liberal democrat- democracies. You know, we're all writing. We're mostly writing in systems with some kind of hereditary royalty. We're, we're usually writing with some kind with a very strong class system. You will be writing about things relationships with servants. About you might be writing a slave owning society. You might be writing in a more misogynistic society and it's writing those characters that are real within that. You know, the, of course it's lovely as a feminist reading a novel where you have a woman kind of ranting about a male oppression, wanting to be a strong, independent, obje- strong, subjective woman in her own right, but at the same time, that kind of, for some reason, everyone else is just kind of happily going along with this kind of. Oh yes, I will grow up and I will get married and I have children. I will have no autonomy. And but there's this one person who kind of sees this for what it is, or a slave society where everyone treats their slaves really, really badly. And there's one person who kind of sees that slavery is not good. And that kind of, and actually writing characters who realistically see with function within that society and it work within the mores of that society and so you're writing about someone who accepts someone who is a slave who simply accepts the fact that they're a slave because they're slaves I mean I do not you know we might most all of us have jobs and we might complain about our jobs but most of us aren't out there campaigning to overthrow the entire sort of capitalist some kind of wage paying society <gasps> and go and live in a tr- you know, and live kind of as hunter gatherers because you know we we live in the world we live in it's because we're products yeah. of our environment, yes, we are totally yeah. products of our yeah. environment. So it's actually more realistic to write and more interesting to have characters who are positive characters but are still functioning within a society that may seem very different to our own and they are more realistic as characters because otherwise, kind of what well, gee, you know, the kind of if you're writing about say you know, I also read and write, I'm also read a lot of historical novels, if you're writing about um. Classical Greece, you know, gosh, you're the one woman in the entire history of classical Greece who for some reason gets up and makes some kind of rant about the status of women in classical Greece. I, I don't think so. It's that kind of
1: I want someone to write a book about classical Greece where Achilles gets out of his tent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that book annoyed me so just get out of your tent, Achilles. And stop he does sulking. get out of his tent, he does get out of his tent. Eventually. <laughs> to get the, yeah, it was <laughs> the whole thing sulking I mean, yes. Um <laughs> I I was gonna another thing with them, um, characters. You're bad guys. Um, <laughs> a lot of it is, is already out there. Uh, I'm not a particular, I know I might come across it as very serious, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a lot of what what you want is already out there. I, Age of Assassins partly came from, uh, just before I wrote it, I'd written a script for a, a historical theater company about Margaret of Anjou, who is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I referred to, her, I c- call her a bit of a cow, which is not a nice mm. thing to say, but it's yeah, historically she right. Was a total cow. Yeah, yes. and that was all she could be at that yeah. time. To she was amazing. The yeah. There's no doubt about it. And she informs the the um, the bad guy. She's not really bad. She she has reasons. I don't agree with them. But um, <laughs> she very much informs the Queen Adran, who, who's sort of the protagonist sort of opposite in, in the book is, is very much Margaret Vanjoo a lot of it. and then after I'd written it I found about Cersei Lannister <laughs> who's <is> also <laughs> Margaret Vanjoo which I did not know at the time but I do now So no
0: one needs well, to tell there's, me. there's no new ideas, yeah. we all just recycle yeah. them.
3: Well I was going to say that I think you, oh, I say this with the caveat of mm. used carefully, I think stereotypes can be very useful if you're mm. in a really mm. bizarre si- fantasy setting or really high tech kind of science fiction for example if you've got a rogue character that's okay, the whole, the whole realm, the whole um, space platform, whatever, might be completely difficult and confusing for the reader, but if they've got a stereotypical character to latch onto, then at least they can kind of have an idea of what's coming and how that character might relate. I wouldn't then suggest that he stays stereotypical all the way mm-hmm. through, or that if, as Megan said earlier, you've got a cast of characters that they are all stereotypical, but I think having one anchor character that you can at least follow is gonna help with any bizarre situation you got. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, because we all sign ourselves fairly stereotypical roles and things like, you know, if you have an office environment, a team in an office, people will fairly, fairly quickly fall into actually fairly stereotypical roles. Actually, you kind of, basically, most office culture is based around people creating the kind of classic D&D posse. I think your office sounds more exciting than mine. Definitely.
0: (laughs)
1: the really annoying thing about characters, and this is, is a sad truth: that no matter how much we talk about what what makes a good character, for every writer, in the end, it always comes down to does it feel right, mm. uh, and and that is it. In the end, you, you can ignore every rule if it feels right, probably. Probably. Look, it is. was just good. If it just kind yeah.
2: ca- of comes, comes down to if it's yeah. if it's good writing, you will invest a great deal in that character, and that character will come. There there is some kind of spark in writing which will either give that character some kind of life or not and that kind of that's and i don't i don't really think people can even learn that particularly it's just Mm -hmm. sort of you can't you can't say if you do all of the things we've been talking about you will have real characters you can find it you just somehow yeah yeah, just somehow some things just work Mm. and if you find your voice as an author your characters will just have that have that kind of spark i think i
1: could probably create real characters before i could create plots that anyone in their right mind would want to read because uh, <laughs> I, I, I love people and I think that helps mm. I, I love people and I can talk to people and, and watch people um, not in a creepy way <laughs> <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but just be around them. There, there's actually two scenes in, in Age of Assassins that are my favourite bits and you just sort of read straight past them where Girton is just he's just found a quiet place and he's just watching people and he's doing it to learn what to do and see how people work. But that is me projecting myself into the book, because I, I can quite happily sit somewhere on my own, quietly just watching people do people stuff, and it's fascinating, and they're lovely. Everyone's lovely in some way. I'm a bit, a bit happy.
2: All a plot is, is just a way of getting your character, moving your characters around to explore different aspects of their emotion, their responses to things. A plot is... and. Un- I mean yeah of course there are those kind of amazing sort of crime thrillers where it's all just about who did it who did it who did it but that's my book (laughs) 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 but those books aren't interesting if the the characters aren't also alive but yeah mostly a plot is just a mechanism Mm -hmm. for getting people out of kind of getting people out of the pub and getting them actually doing something so they can be in different environments. Plot is, yeah. is it's a good properties. way of keeping yeah. your characters yeah, it's just interesting. Yes, it's just a kind of, yeah. it is just a structure upon yeah. which your characters exist because otherwise they would just be sitting well, in the pub. Well I think it comes, actually I've yes, always thought
4: plot uh, is informed by character yes, and the way that yeah. the characters interact yeah. with other characters, yeah. in which case we go straight mm. back to yes. character yeah. again. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes, so I was actually sort of giving, someone was sort of asking this slightly bizarre question on a Facebook group about they had a world they'd spent ages developing a world and they had this strong sense of a world and of characters in their mind but they didn't have they w- they didn't know how to do a, then write a novel because they didn't know how to do a plot and i was saying look, just write you know write a scene choose you know actually just write your characters in a scene that's actually a scene from another book you know write write the famous bar scene at the beginning of star wars write a scene from game of thrones but put your characters in it because all you're doing is setting a situation in which your characters are interacting and something is happening mm-hmm. And then the plot will then follow from that and in naturally terms of how your characters are interacting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um,
0: just before we head over to some questions, if anyone has any in the audience, start thinking. I'll be picking on you. Um, just what are some of the f- your favourite characters and were they realistic? So, I mean, for example, I was always a massive Princess Leia fan. And while she's badass, she's not... I mean, not. Like, she does fall a little bit into the, you know, accomplished it pretty much everything she tries and is just always kind of awesome. Um, but she's absolutely one of my favourite characters. And I think. Because well she's kid vulnerable. She is yeah. quite she
2: vulnerable. Is vulnerable. She's quite yeah. young looking. She's not. She's very pretty, but she's not. You know, she's quite young looking. She's actually quite. She's not. She's kind of fairly girl next doorish. She's not. She wouldn't. If she'd been played by Angelina Jolie, she would not be what yeah, she is. She yeah. is. And she's got that kind of softness and vulnerability to her. Well, at the her, same time, she's, got the sass. she's Yeah, she's <laughs> sass, but yeah. she's, she's a realistic, attractive young woman, who attractive, regal, intelligent, very capable young woman. But she's also, you can sort of, the insecurities that Carrie Fisher clearly was massively going through at the time mm-hmm. do, are there within her, and you can kind of... So, yeah. yeah, she's a lot. If she'd been cast by some kind of glamazon, she would not, if she'd been played by some kind of glamazon he sort of, she would not be what she is at all.
1: Jane Fonda. Yeah. Imagine how terrible that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond is brilliant, but not as, not as Princess Leia. That would be a very different thing. No. Yeah. But I my mean, favourite yeah. characters, um, I have two. Uh, there's a CJ Cherry wrote a series of books called The Chronicles of Morgane," which are um, they read at first as fantasy, but they're not science fiction in the end, and that they're narrated by a barbarian who comes across Queen Morgane who has this terrifying sword and she's amazing. She's cold and aloof, and as the books go, you kind of re- reveal this, that she's very alone and doing something terrifying that only she can do. And it's just, I can't tell you any more <laughs> about that, because it's just so good. The books are really difficult to find, but they're amazing. And my other ones um, are, of course, Talking Rabbits. Because um, <laughs> I, I, I've just, if you follow my Twitter, you'll know I've just been writing about Watership Down, which is my absolute favorite book in the world. and. Hazel and Fiverr from Watership Down are just and Bigwig I just... There's a moment in Watership Down. I'm going to try not to cry. Sometimes I do. Well, <laughs> I'm presuming you all know the plot of it. Some rabbits go somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 but um, Bigwig is the strongest and, and hardest rabbit there. And Hazel is not very strong, not very hard, but he's clever. And he's in charge. And at the end, Bigwig has... I'm spoiling an article I've written for sci-fi now, which is really bad, but I'm just hoping they don't mind. You're going
2: to give the speech, aren't you? Mm.
1: I am, I mm. am. Oh <laughs> but I'm... Um, right, at the, it's just super... I, I, we're going to have to not be friends now. <laughs> 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 right at the end, General Woundwater, who is huge and terrifying, is fighting Bigwig, and Bigwig fights him to a standstill, but he's going to lose, and you know he's going to lose. And Woundwort says, look, just give up. And Bigwig says, my chief rabbit has said, hold this place, and I'm going to do
2: it. Fascism, fascism, yeah. fascism. And it's, and just um. it's,
1: it's not that it's just superb. It's just, ah. Oh. And, and Woundwort pauses because he's like, there's a bigger rabbit there. But it's not about that. It's about him saying, ah, oh, there's someone I trust who's going to come up. And it's just, ah. Oh, Tearing up. Oh, <laughs> oh I please,
3: love spare, me, spare me, Talking oh, rabbits. Oh. Go <laughs> 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 on then, Anna, <laughs> Okay, so
2: <laughs> usually when I talk about my favourite character, I list a long list of extremely unsavoury mm. character people who um, make me smile <laughs> and who I'd um, like to spend some time with. But um, <laughs> <I> w- <laughs> as this is a serious feminist podcast, I will not talk about George Ancroth and Marith, and Steerpike, and um, <laughs> oh, Steerpike! Steerpike! He, he is a great right character. Oh, yeah. And Ruth Bolton, and all those people. No, I will talk about that uh-huh. <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to add Joffrey to this list <laughs> while we're yeah. here Joffrey's quite cute Joffrey, Joffrey. <laughs> 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 Joffrey'd be fun for a, <laughs> <Joffrey'd be> fun <laughs> for a short period um, Ramsay Bolton, yes No, ra- not Ramsay no. Bolton No, not oh, Ramsay Bolton Bolton's Ramsey's just so boring he's just nasty and nasty and nasty and he's just not interesting but no, Joffrey's, Joffrey's, <laughs> Joffrey's creative He is yes. creative, yes Creative yes. And, <laughs> is, uh, <everything>. and, <laughs> and he's pretty stages, He's pretty and Anyway, anyway I thought it was because they were dead So I actually sort of... So one of the characters is the character of Esmondette in um, R. Scott Baker's Second Apocalypse, who is, when you read the first book, she is a whore, she is, you know, she's, peop- you know, she's basically one of two female-speaking characters in the f- entire of the first, of the, not first of the second apocalypse novel, one of whom is a sex slave, one of whom is a prostitute. She, and she's in a totally misogynistic society, structurally misogynistic, and you slowly and at first, you know, when I first the fir- when you first read about her, it is pretty repellent. It is, you know, she is simply the kind of trope of the prostitute with the heart of gold. She is in love with one of the other one of the protagonists. But through the novel, she is absolutely right. She absolutely exists within her society. She she is a very strong subjective intelligent, capable woman, she is absolutely aware of her position. She's absolutely aware of the position that uh, this society, this profoundly structurally misogynistic society, which is based on, is clearly based on kind of classical Greek norms about women, has placed her. So She's totally aware of this. She is actually intellectually subjective. She is also sexually subjective. She is um and she actually just becomes she is the focus for you kind of I actually kind of say to people: actually, our Scott Baker's novels are incredibly feminist because your only response to the, o- you know, your only logical response to the world he's creating is to be horrified by it, from a kind of female feminist perspective, from a perspective of, well, if this is, you know, if this is, if this is male reality, then we overthrow this to create the matriarchy and we all go and live under trees knitting and wearing children because kind of this world is this world is a world of total war and of total patriarchy and of kind of basically unconstrained un- unconstrained male structured aggression and uh, and she is the kind of the eyes awakening to see this as for what it is and she is, but she's also profoundly alive within that culture she's not the kind of the woman who's making criticisms of this is because she's a modern twenty first century woman who happens to have been teleported into this world. She absolutely makes sense within this world as well. And the other character I absolutely love, and this is totally unfashionable, is um Doreen in The Paladins Legacy series by Elizabeth Moon, who's um spoiler alert here, she's um she's a middle aged mercenary captain. She's who discovers she's a mage lord, so she's like she's She's kind of she's it's vaguely mentioned she's attractive but basically she is the kind of middle-aged woman who goes around. She's really good with a sword. She leads her army. She um, she's a mage lord and there's this fantastic scene. Where she kind of she single-handedly defeats all the bad guys, then she single-handedly treats and bandages all the people who were all the people who are with her on her side. Then she cooks them all a tasty nutritious fried breakfast. <laughs> I, d- I just love that. She's like this. She's this middle-aged, amazingly capable. She's just kind of you know she is your mum with a <laughs> sword. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's just wonderful. And she's you no, know, she's not objectified. She's not sexually objectified. She's not people don't make no. It's she's just kind of she's just this wonderful she is just a middle-aged woman with who's just fucking good with a sword and a mage lord and can cook a really great fried breakfast you've (laughs) sold both these
0: characters (laughs) 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 i'm gonna find these books now (laughs) awesome um should we open it up to questions if we have any yes Okay, just for the recording, I'm going to say the question was: uh, What do we think of the "What's in your pockets" uh, metaphor for creating characters or process?
1: I, I have never thought about that because I don't know what it is. <laughs> is I
2: assume it's yeah. what what would this character keep in their pockets, and what does that tell you about? Mm. So, so the if you were to empty out all of our handbags and pockets and things, mm. what would we have in them, and what would that say yeah, about? I'm, us? I'm trying to think.
0: There's a there's an entire novel structured around um, not genre novel. Um, about the the things they carried so, and it's about um soldiers and then it's told from the perspective of mm. each soldier from something that they carried with them and and you know what that mm. means to I them
2: I so i think so it's a am I'm imagining it's some kind of writing exercise where you basically think okay so my character is jane she is a mercenary captain to try and understand her i will tr- i'm making this up completely so correct mm. me if i'm wrong but yeah. i will think about what it is that she has in her pocket And from what it is that she has in her pocket, which isn't just, you know, it's not just the stuff she needs, it's also she might have a scrap of paper that her now-deceased husband wrote her a letter letter, or she might have a lock of her child's hair, or she might have a couple of boiled sweets or she might have you know it's that kind of the incident it's the incidental crap at the bottom of our handbags mm-hmm. in our pockets that has no is not of any use but that for some reason is in there that kind of the child's sock the chewing yeah. gum that kind I of would i would say that you can yeah. always tell that i'm and a writer that, because there's yeah. about
0: 10 pens yes various <laughs> and states from that of presumably <laughs> you
2: then build up okay so this is jane the mercenary captain and clearly she's also she's had some sorrow in her past and she has a child and she has a particular liking for boiled sweets and she has this and this and this and that
1: I think so you could probably flip that as well by giving your, your like taking one you know, of Anna's characters and finding that in the pocket is a minion or something like that. <laughs> and how would they react <laughs> to these completely alien things will we, we'll give you a way into your character just to think about them in a way you might not otherwise. Because I'm
2: really suspicious of writing exercises. I, mean, I thought you'd be like, well, I no. have minions. <laughs> <laughs> so I um, I mean, I guess if you're. 'Cause I never did any of that. I just mm. write. I kind of I don't I know some people do really complicated things where they sort of start talking about what they draw up things about what their character looks like before they start writing them or they kind of so I just write and then what they look who they are emerges as they're writing. But it's whatever works for you. If that and works for you yeah. as a way of developing a character and you try that and you think, gosh, this is really helping me develop a character, then fantastic. If it's me mechanism, if it sounds painful thing. then don't yeah, do, yeah it's yeah. just I mean, it doesn't sound an insult. There is a lot you can tell about people from the content. I think it would probably be immense
1: head. fun to do in a workshop.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it would
1: be an absolute scream yeah. to do in it. And I've got to do one for Sledge. Well,
2: we could so. do it for great characters. You could do it for what? Yeah, yeah, you could do what incidental objects to yeah. famous characters. And I'm going to give it. them
1: all minions.
3: <laughs> 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 well, Mini- for me, it's minions. the other way around. It's by the time you get down to what's in their pockets, you've kind of got your mm. character, really, haven't you? And I think. Yeah. I think it's a good writing exercise if you wanted to throw something in your character's way, but I would like to say that I think by the time I'm getting down to their pockets, I've figured out what the hairstyle is like, yeah. what the attitude is like, and it's, yeah, th- I'd probably do it that way around. For me, it would be comp- starting at completely the wrong end, but it, like you say, it, it would be a good exercise th- yeah. to check, yeah. sort of reverse yeah. your character and go, actually, does it make sense with yeah. what they've got in their pockets?
1: And because this is a feminist podcast, the characters actually do have pockets, the female ones. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs>
2: I haven't got pockets it's some kind of bizarre <laughs> 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 I'm
1: sorry you're you're a, you're a slave of the patriarchy
0: <laughs> 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 alright anybody else huh? yes Who's your fa- in terms of characters who are your favourite absolutely paper thin 2D characters still heard? yeah so who are our favourite oh. 2D characters oh. that, that you love that, yeah that we all have uh, guilty pleasures. We, we all know that it's we God do. We had I an episode go. on
4: guilty we pleasures. Know. We did. It went it went out.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, I think
1: we did t- speak about Wesley from The Princess Bride. And he's not I don't like Wesley. He's not particularly deep. He's, he's, see I, t- I am yeah. thinking of one, uh, and I can't say, because my lip. Is lo- it a
3: rabbit? Rabbits are very deep. Very important case.
1: Um. My little boy loves Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. <gasps> yeah. So, yeah. Luke <laughs> Wars, <he> really <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he does. So that's ultra that. good. I don't yeah. have, gu- <laughs> have
2: guilty pleasures. I, um, I'm um, i an intellectual, darling. I don't read. If a novel's got uh-huh. paper thin characters, I throw it away. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Well, surely there must be a character you like for their shoes, at least. <laughs> 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 you must have gone, I really hate Oh, but nice shoes. <laughs> Does does Jareth from Labyrinth Count? Oh, a no. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no!
4: He has depth! He, <laughs> has he does! He's a very complicated person. Yeah, it's just <laughs> <and> he's <laughs> like Luke
3: Skywalker, why am I not like Jareth? Are they <laughs> sort of the same <laughs> emotional level, though?
0: I, I don't know, though. The We've baby already discussed the bulge before.
3: <laughs> <so> <laughs>
0: that that covers mean. all manner of sins uh, as children, far as I'm concerned. Children. I'm sorry.
3: The
1: baby in Labyrinth <laughs> has very little character. <laughs> 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 very poorly written. <laughs>
3: Be careful what you say given that's Toby Fry and the a proud son. Oh. Oh. In fact, oh. isn't he the one doing the the Labyrinth sequel. Do not speak oh. of the Labyrinth oh, sequel. Yeah. Do not, do not, <laughs> not speak
2: yeah. of it the Labyrinth. It, we must exercise the room to remove all reference <laughs> of the Labyrinth <laughs> But sequel. if it's
3: done by the baby from Labyrinth, isn't it
2: allowed? If people should not... Some yeah, no. things yeah. yeah. should not be they touched. They should just some let Some
3: should not yeah. be yeah, yeah. Yeah, Some <laughs> things...
0: <laughs> uh, what about you guys? Any any 2D characters?
4: What did I say when you asked me this question <laughs> before?
0: <laughs> um, I'm not sure, but I, I think a lot of superheroes probably fall into that category a lot um especially if you look at like classic runs of the comics um,
4: oh it's probably like some kind of epic fantasy that I used to love and probably still love like the Belgariad like <laughs> there's quite <laughs> a yeah, lot yeah of but you know? the <laughs>
0: Belgariad is, is amazing it so. is amazing
4: yeah but let see it falls into this category perfectly like you know but Polgara is the best
0: character Yeah, and yeah she's oh, but we're not going
4: <laughs> with Polgara no no. She, I, mean, I was <laughs> talking more like the Cherix and the bearded men you know who are like yeah. whoa but you know oh you're so cute and northern <laughs> 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 I love you well
0: I mean uh, it, you know it, it does have that that whole epic Fantasy thing, of, uh, which kind of started with Tolkien. Just mm. you know, uh, you know that dwarves are this way yeah. and elves are this way, and you know, I mean, I don't like them anyway. But <laughs> these <laughs> other people like <laughs> Tolkien, so <Saved laughs> it's <not> good. sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we weren't very good at coming up with 2D characters we liked. Yeah. But that probably says a lot. Oh, it says yeah. say that the ones that stick with us are the ones mm-hmm. that do have that depth. So. Ooh. characters. Ooh, Ooh, you thought thought, oh, you thought
1: of I thought of it's not such a character, but it, it's when you see a lot. And, and this is your fault that this is coming out. Who are yeah, you it's going it's to get? Go? Stark Holden is going to upset her. <laughs> um, there, there is a kind of 1950s cowboy hero who, who is just. You, you know exactly how they're going to act. There, there's yep. nothing about them. But I, I can sit and watch those films. They're, they're wonderful. I'm sure Stark wouldn't wouldn't ever watch.
2: Oh no no! Hang on, I have just thought um, <laughs> the dragon tear mat from the tild- the, BB- the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Oh, oh, yeah. so <laughs> it, all she does is turn up, breathe fire at people, and then really fuck up and have to go away again. But she is like she was my introduction to absolute kind of radical feminism. She is, <laughs> she, <laughs> is <the> <laughs> sca- <laughs> she is the female <laughs> orgasm. She is the untrain untrainable female it, force. She is just kind of all that in a dragon. Who just cartoon dragon who just turns up is a bit scary and then goes away again (laughs) 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 but she is you know she is the primal primeval female force in 2D form
1: what about uni?
2: (laughs) (laughs) uni could just be slaughtered for Uh, (laughs) horse meat I have a pair of shoes that are my unicorn shoes that are made of of flayed uni yeah yeah. (laughs) it was uh, living flayed while still alive to keep the shine (laughs) (laughs) So we have
0: one more question, <laughs> if anyone has any. Yes, Adrian? Well, um, what about when being realistic is not actually the best way to go when making a realistic character? For example, there are all sorts of things. I mean, this is something that Anna was mentioning earlier. There are all sorts of little inconsistent things mm. we do <laughs> as
1: real people, that, if you had a character in a book doing them, they would mm. not seem realistic
2: yeah. at all
0: or just, like, dithering, mm-hmm. and... I mean, one, of the, one of the best examples i heard was if you go to your racist uncle, say, and you have a long talk with him about why he really shouldn't be saying those things, and in a book, that would be the pivotal moment <laughs> the yeah. of in reality, yeah, he's going to be saying those things for the next week, yeah. even if he agrees with you
3: at that yeah. moment, because you don't change people that easily. There's
2: a slightly terrifying article in the New Scientist which argued that we do not have... We like to think we, have, we are absolutely, you know, we have distinct personalities, we are all distinct individuals, and you're saying actually we are totally malleable. the people we are in different social situations is incredibly different, actually personality is incredibly fluid and unstable, and if you kind of actually, if you were able to really track someone's personality through the different situations they're in, you would not understand, you would not, it would be quite, you could not see if your computer that was the same person, which is terrifying, and then you think about it, and you think how actually, how possibly horribly true that is, and yeah, but to capture that in a book, that kind of difference of behavior i mean that's where it can be quite interesting if you're writing uh, from a calm, omnipotent narrator point of view that or writing about other characters that that you can see if you could try and create try and creating those shifts realistically would be difficult but real, yeah it's all that all those different masks and in the sense that kind of is there actually we all talk about that kind of different masks that we put on as if the assumption is that there's a real us beneath that mask so mm. you put on your work or you talk about hats a lot you know that your yeah. work hat your <coughs> kind of your your mother hat your child hat your but actually that horrible horrible kind of a what if there isn't what if there isn't a face beneath what if it we are oh. just the hats and there's, you know we are just a whole series of master <laughs> hats and there's I no hats. there you is no h- there is no stable core inside that and that is really quite frightening <laughs> can you <laughs> write a book but called that we are just the hats would <laughs> 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 <can> read
4: that <laughs> i think you you
1: have to put aside realism quite because yeah. gertons a disabled character and that's written from my own experience but you you can't have like gerton wake up and spend a day in bed because he's very tired because that would be rubbish plot <laughs> and it just wouldn't wouldn't work and, and that wasn't wouldn't be an option for someone in his things you you have to bend reality in which yeah. case
4: that's an argument against yeah.
2: true realism yeah no, yeah, ju- yeah, yeah. It's kind of true Re- real, kind real of is actually boring well yeah. realism would just be no, you realism with most of our characters probably died in realism is Girton probably realistically made it through to about three months if yeah. that and then, exactly. kind of, yeah, or possibly, possibly, quite possibly, died in while being born. Kind of, that's that's really yeah. that's your realistic book. Yeah. Is kind, yeah. Of yeah. <laughs> kind, of, kind of, he died oh, yeah. before he he died while being born. And I'm not sure Ed could sell that one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 uh,
0: it's a bit like um, so. At the moment, I'm, I'm reading the uh, Chris Hadfield's uh, Guide to Life mm. from as an astronaut, and you know, y- you have this idea of what being an astronaut is all about, and then what actually being <laughs> an astronaut is all about is knowing how to clear a toilet because yes. the toilet's going to jam in space and knowing how to you know do all these really mundane boring things and you know like actually training really hard to do these mundane boring things over and over again so that once you get up there you can do it in a cramped space in zero gravity so you know it's it's
1: so it's like being a soldier if yeah. you read about soldiers it's sort of 99% very very dull weighing around one yep. percent absolute yeah. terror and you can't really patrick o'brien kind of does exactly. that in his books in the, the there's like 298 pages of people talking <laughs> and then two pages of action <laughs> <But> <laughs> that, that he makes it work and he's a, he's a genius so we won't we won't but it's be
2: very bitchy there was a um, session earlier talking about p- the people who are involved in police and in policing and law enforcement talking about books with policemen in them and saying, well, it's not very realistic. Well, it would have an incredibly boring book, wouldn't it, if kind of like three so days later the police turn out to investigate the crime. That would be really, really boring. <laughs> 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 you know, casualty, the reality of watching Casualty was huge amounts of people sitting around on trolleys. <laughs> yeah. kind <of> yeah. <laughs> gripping, like Don't it's forget like
0: the paperwork. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> <afterwards>. <laughs> yeah. so there's kind of there's actual real life. There's, there's fictional semi-realistic and then there's just the completely out there but yeah i think it's it's that picking and choosing what's actually interesting and actually
2: i mean (laughs) things like you know things like sort of creating disabled characters i mean it's interesting because i often do the kind of diversity kind of talking about disability and people often sort of talk about you know how would you create realistic disabled characters and yeah i mean yes if you're saying it would be realistic for this character to spend days to time in bed well that would be realistic but it'd be incredibly boring yeah. so you have Just to sus- but so if but if you want so if you want to create an interesting character creating them to be disabled to make a more richer more diverse more reflective book is really really good but then actually kind of in the same way you have to gloss over the kind of yeah. You never see the chosen one using the toilet, so mm-hmm. why does it matter? I don't. Know th- I don't think Aragorn goes to the loo mm-hmm. once <laughs> in the entire the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so why does it suddenly matter that it's an issue for a disabled character? I mean, it's like you just you have to suspect... All characters have to, all books yeah. are also a suspe- huge suspension yes. of disbelief. I, yeah. I know if you, so if you, you looked
1: really hard at what I, what I've done, you kind of see that. Is very definitely disabled apart from when he isn't, yes, which is when yeah. it's inconvenient for me. Yeah, because yeah. you have to have that, because yeah.
2: otherwise it just becomes. It, it's colour yeah. rather than actual yeah.
1: reality, because actual reality it's is just, he yeah. just couldn't, yeah. he, he can't get out of bed yeah. that day, and if he can, he can kind of limp. Actually, through I remember
2: heads. someone having this bit, bi- oh, I a group of male writers and readers having this bizarre thing about writing female characters. Because like they have periods and things and I don't know how I'd write about that. Well I don't write about women having periods either, because that's really boring. You know it might occasionally there's a wonderful bit in Mary Renault where a young woman who is a she's positioning herself as one of the heirs of Alex successors to Alexander, she's positioning herself as a new Alexander. And there's this horrible, horrible bit where her period comes when she's about to stand up and address the troops and it's completely again. It's completely realistic. She's incredibly stressed, emotional situation. Mm. So her period comes early, and she can't stand up and adju- address the troops because, and it's this you know this horrible moment. Of, and that is why she cannot be a ward leader because mm. she is a woman, and it is you know it is physically, literally there in her manifest in her body that this is why the troops will not follow her in the end because she's a woman. But most of the time, you do not spend ages writing about the agonies yeah. of being a female character in a fantasy novel and how you cope without Tampax. You just yeah. kind of. So why that should... It's not a thing. It all of it is just a suspension of disbelief. It's just kind of not... In a sense, you start making an issue of it. Yeah.
1: I do think if you're a, m- a man writing female characters, it helps to have worn a skirt and sometimes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're very different to trousers. That's yes. The <laughs> yes, that's that we'll the, yes, the kind of... Yeah. yes, the woman,
2: the, the, um, yes, the, yeah. the kick-ass warrior in high heels. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I can do a lot in these shoes, but mm. I really don't think yeah. sword fighting is yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, well, we have run over, but we did start late, so we try to give you a bit more uh, but thank you so much to RJ and thank Anna thank you thank you very thank much
4: you, thank you.